You are now listening to the Divorce Diaries podcast with your host, well, that's a secret. No names, ages, or any other identifying characteristics will be used as we protect the young and innocent. You'll be taken on a journey as one man considers getting a divorce or remaining married. The Divorce Diaries daily entries chronicle the decision-making processes in real time as they unfold day by day. He hopes to add a bit of clarity to his sometimes muddled mess of a marriage. Cheating, overspending, sex, sadness and betrayal are the characteristics of this marriage. Is he making the right choice? Welcome to the Divorce Diaries. Entire seasons are released on Patreon weeks before anywhere else. At Divorce Diaries Podcast Patreon page. Link below in description. Now for today's episode. Today was a very, very eventful day. And um, what I want to get to today is how the chickens come home to roost by telling you all of the events of today. This is why um, you want to put yourself in a position where you're not considering and contemplating divorce, but you are making better, better choices than I did when you started to court and consider marrying someone. Um, so today, um, one of my kids moved out of the house. The kid is of adult age. Just to protect the innocent, I won't say the age, but the kid is of adult age, but uh, we could go with uh, one of the years in there that's just barely, um, but not, you know, not 18 or anything. But, but yeah, they're of adult age. And um, I kind of alluded to this in some of the past diary entries. The kid just isn't really following the conditions that they should have and the kid just didn't really listen the kid just always wanted to do what the kid wanted to do never let us in really as parents now in that i'm just letting you know we did have a difficult child um but one of the biggest things that probably made this child so difficult was the fact that the marriage was so bad and the parents were not able to be on the same page with roughly anything especially concerning the children and the way that i was raised and in 2020 I did not know how to manage my family. That is extreme accountability and a failure on my part. I had a wife that wanted very much to make her children very comfortable. I have a wife that wants to make her children very comfortable. She wants to be gentle with them all the time. And um, the occasions where tough love was likely the prescription for whatever ailed us, that was something that she wasn't able to do. And me trying to do that both made us, made both of us swing more in the directions that were likely less healthy for our marriage and the kid. Example, um, this kid was being chauffeured around by my wife, adult age kid that could have had a driver's license, could have had a job at a closer place, could have, could have, could have, could have done a lot of different things, could have listened along the way, could have. And the kid just didn't. And the kid was just very pushy and very defensive and you know, very know-it-all-y. And you might say that this is, oh, that's like any kid. I'm like, maybe like 10 degrees less than what this kid was doing. I mean, this kid is being told things like when they're driving, hey, you're driving too fast. Well, I notice when you drive, you drive too slow. I'm just trying to set the tone for traffic. That's why I'm driving fast. This is what the kid says to my wife when she's driving this kid around and letting this kid learn behind the wheel and the kid only has a learner's permit and the kid's like well no 
another thing. Kid goes and makes a, a U-turn in this cul-de-sac near where we live. And the kid takes the, the and Ab was not in the car for this. Kid makes a turn and it's a bit too fast, a bit too aggressive, according to what my wife says. So much so that she has to like hit the center console in the vehicle and yell the kid's name and say, slow down. That, that was just, that was way too fast. Kid's response, well, I've seen when dad makes this, he makes it, he makes it fast sometimes. And I just noticed that you always make your U-turns a little too cautiously. I was beside myself. So just, just to give you guys a little context of the type of asshole kid we have. It's, it's a little bit beyond difficult. Now, did it get that way? Possibly because of the differences in us as parents? Yeah, probably. There were just too many things that were permitted. The kid would never say that to me. Now, I 100% believe the kid is thinking it. The kid is still thinking the exact same things. The kid is just thinking, oh, dad may jump across the car onto me if I say that to him. Dad may, you know, that's the thing. Mom, I know mom is not going to, she's not going to say anything crass. She's not going to remove any of my privileges. She's not going to tell me, oh, since that's how you want to be, you're never going to drive with me again. Mom is never going to remove that safety net and cut that cord. I know it. All of my kids know it. My very difficult kid that just moved out knows it. And the funny part is my wife doesn't know it. In fact, we're asking like, do you don't think you enable him at all? No, I don't. I just think that we need to provide things for him as a family, as his parents. And there are things that we maybe didn't do, so we've gotta be there for him to help him. And I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, you, I think you are that type of parent that would actually let your kid use heroin. And I didn't say drugs because we're already past that. She knew that he was, she knew that this kid was smoking weed, underage, with no license or anything, just, she knew this kid was consuming. And she said, well, just don't do it out in the street because if they catch you out there doing it out in the street, then you'll be in way more trouble. You'd at least do it at home. And here's the kicker. She didn't fucking even tell me. She already knew I was 100% against any drug use of any kind as a minor because minors are fucking irresponsible. Minors don't understand the world. Minors brains are still developing. So from a health standpoint, I do not want you smoking, drinking, or doing anything that is mind or spirit altering. I understand I said spirit, I don't care. But I don't want you doing anything that is mind or spirit altering to your most vital organ that is still developing. That's one. I don't believe that it's healthy to put smoke in your lungs. Yes, that comes with a little bit of baggage. Um, a lot of people in my family are smokers, things like that. And it's just, you know, when you're a kid, they show you the, the black lung and all of that stuff. And it just is, you know, obviously don't smoke. It's stupid. Drinking kills your liver, alters you. You, you, you don't move as quick and you don't you lose control and it's a slippery slope and it but it feels good sometimes and so you may become an alcoholic I have those in my family as well she knew 
that I didn't want that. And that just gives you a snapshot of the different levels of both accountability, care, consideration, and perspective that we had as husband and wife. And that is why I am on the road to divorce. I need to divorce. And really, quite frankly, what I needed to do at the beginning was to vet this person and really watch how they handle themselves in situations that I have a significant moral value or moral feelings around, like drug use for our kids. Now, this is a fallacy that I would have been able to figure this out beforehand. Why? Because people are different when they are not under adversity or pressure. And I know that had I vetted her, which I quote unquote did as far as I could, because how else do you vet someone when you don't have kids with them about what they'll do when you have kids? You ask shit like, hey, do you, um, are you okay with like the kid using drugs? Because she didn't use drugs of any kind. Um, neither did I when we met and got together. Like, are you okay with your kid using drugs? No, of course not. I would never want my kids to use drugs. Never, ever, ever. Um, okay, you know, what if they came home, you know, they, they've got drinks on their breath or whatever. It's like, oh my gosh, they'd be grounded. I'd take away their stuff and they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't. Everybody fucking talks tough until they get there. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that the girl that I was talking to at the time that sounded like the greatest wife and mother material ever was saying all the right things. I didn't understand that that girl was going to be a different woman than the woman that actually did have the kid and was then actually confronted with that situation and then would not do what she said she would do because she's a different person now. This is, there's a different time now. There are different factors. Oh, well, like what she said, she believe the bullshit the kid says. The kid's like, well, I do this because it like helps with my anxiety. She's like, well, if he thinks that it helps with his anxiety, then, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? his anxiety. You, re you really believe that? So he's been sneaking around for all of this time, hasn't said anything to us about his smoking, nothing, even when asked, and he just continued to come in the house with red eyes or, and we'd get, you know, we drug test and stuff like that and everything. And I'm just like, are you frigging kidding me? Like, even after we said to him over and over again, can you just be honest with us? And can you, can you tell me just, look, I don't care what's going on in your life. I would have a lot of private conversations with him. I don't care what's going on in your life. Um, I just want you to be honest with me. What's going on with you? And the kid would always, always, always lie. That's all the kid would do. Always lie. Obviously that was, that wasn't the only thing the kid was lying about. Very powerful child. Kid just lied, 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 never stopped lying. And mom never stopped protecting continued up until yesterday, up until the kid moves out of the house. I mean, all the fuck yous that this kid gave her and everything. She's, well, do you need me to take you to work? Like still kid is going to be living like, I'm um, not too far away. Kid's going to be living maybe like five, seven miles away. And she's going to drive, drop everything she's doing, go over to his place that he had to get with roommates with one of their parents co-signed. 
go over to his place, pick him up to take him to his his um his small department store ish job and shuffle him back when he needs a ride back. So what I know is going to happen moving forward when this kid doesn't have the ability to get taken to and from work. This kid is going to call her mommy, mommy. Can you pick me up? She's going to get him. She's going to fucking do it. And I watched another family member of mine do the same thing with um, a cousin that I have that is a bit older than I am. And I watched I watched her just enable this kid. She just enabled him, enabled him, enabled him. And he was crippled by it. And I'm, I notice that this is happening with my own son. And the only thing that I can say is I'm like, why the fuck did I choose this fucking woman? Why the fuck didn't I know how to manage the situation? Why wasn't I fucking better? And also I'm totally confused. I'm very calm now because I don't, I've just made peace with the fact that I don't know what I could have done. Not like, well, I don't know what I could have (laughs) done. Shit, it's not my fault. I mean, there's nothing I could have done. That's not what I mean. I mean, from an extreme accountability standpoint, I really have accepted the fact that I don't know what I could have done differently. I don't know how I could have made the situation better because she still would have done the things that she did, I believe, regardless of what I did. Now, that may not be true if I didn't swing so hard to the, let's call it the bad cop side, discipline, bad cop, discipline, bad cop. If I didn't swing so far to that side, in response to her being an enabler, maybe she wouldn't have swung harder to an enabling protective side because I swung really hard to the boundary rules regulation responsibility side it's just very i've accepted the fact that i don't know what i would have done i accept the facts the facts that i definitely made mistakes with all of this i understand that there's there's no going back in time to change this and if there is which there is permanent damage it's been done and there's nothing that any of us can do to change what has already been done. So in that way, I'm able to have peace. I have a significant amount of peace because I know there's nothing at all that I could have done. And and there's nothing at, at all that I can do at this point. I can just be open to my kid if this kid ever wants to come back into my life because that is that is where we are with this kid this kid is um because it's a powerful kid and because the kid's been enabled just like any other person this kid is um very angry this kid is very finger pointy and blamey and this kid because like every other person this kid is not unique put all the blame and responsibility on other people and outside circumstances so that makes the situation um, very permanent feeling very difficult but it also provides if you let it and I'm, I'm trying my best to it provides a level of peace because I watched my other family member that I was telling you about in this century I watched them enable 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 and still do until 
the child was well into their 30s and this child is still living with that same um, same gender roommate um, no romantic prospects on the horizon and so kids in the future for this person it's unlikely because kids um, having kids requires a lot of responsibility um, and a lot of care for others and usually people that have been enabled they have a level of selfishness and self-centeredness that usually doesn't provide for the best qualities in a parent which are usually selflessness and sacrifice and uh it's 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 tough it's it's it's, it's very very difficult trying to fix and help um this situation because there's nothing that i can do um and hopefully the, this and um, other diary entries, hopefully whoever is listening to a lot reading, um, my diary, my divorce diary can say, if you are in a relationship, like really take the time to step back and say, okay, before I marry this person, before I consider having kids with this person, let me vet their answers and responses and try my best to connect similar circumstances that we might find ourselves in even if we can't be in those circumstances now like in the example of you're you're a single person dating another single person and now you guys are talking about having kids the only thing you can do to really get close to any sort of understanding is just ask questions and answer questions but you can't actually practically see it done or see it exercised by that person you can't do it do that so you don't have any choice but to say something like here's an example here's a tactic how would you do with kids oh i'd definitely take their stuff away if they were doing drugs and they'd be grounded and blah 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 i'd do that okay if they own a pet and the pet pees on the ground in the house just watch what happens do they say run grab a paper towel and something in the spray and go ahead and clean it up and they say something like oh i'm always trying to get this oh, the dog always does that and oh, she always oh man it's, does she have water i i forgot to what you learned in that example is oh you're unable to make a schedule that works for you and stick to it you are unable to schedule the dog's walks and water time in a way that fits your life best. You are unable to do it, okay? There's a quality in the person that you're talking to that maybe you didn't think about before. You looked at it before and you said stuff like, oh, wow, they are, she's got a dog. She takes care of the dog. She cleans up after the dog. It appears to be, it appears to be she could take care of and clean up after a kid so you say she has motherly qualities that you like but remember this is a dog and she is now verbally complaining and somewhat frustrated at the task of cleaning up the urine which we all would be but she didn't clean up the urine from the dog and say Oh, and look immediately look at her watch and say, oh, geez, 
It's past two o'clock. I missed your walk time, buddy. I missed your walk time. If she did that, that would be her saying, oh, shoot. What time is it? Did I let time slip? That's why you peed on the rug. It was not your fault. It was mine. That's how you can vet it. She will show you exactly the person that she is through her actions, through what she says. And remember, the most important thing, what she doesn't say, that will be everything. So you'll never be able to take the person that you've been dating for six months and you have no kids with them. You'll never be able to find out what they'll really do with a kid. If you guys were to have have kids together, you'll never find that. Never know. Until you have them and find yourself in a shit position. Never. But you can watch everything else. The other thing. Wow, you know, do, um, do you have any savings? Well, not really, not yet. Um, I'm working on it. I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely um, am trying to curtail my spending and, you know, I plan on, you know, just following Dave Ramsey's rule and getting my rainy day fun and all that sounds great. Save this and I'm going to put, I know I even got to work on percentages and, and really nail down a budget, but you know, right now it's, you know, I don't really have many expenses. I got some roommates or whatever. And it seems, you know, and you're like, yeah, cool. You're right. You don't need to save blah, blah, blah. And as you're dating the person for a few months, just let the natural conversations flow. And the person says, oh, man, my my cards declined or oh, wait, I can't use this card. Or if you go out and you are a chivalrous man and you go out and you're typically covering like, hey, um, were you going to get this one? I, I didn't know. I mean, how do you how do you normally do it? Or do you go like, you know, you go back and forth and. You know, you pay, I pay kind of thing or like like Dutch or something like, um, you know, you want to get like I get, you know, we talked about money. I'll, I'll, I'll get my every two. Maybe you get every every um, every third time out and I get every like two in a row. Then you get the third. I get two in a row. You get the third. Like just in case you guys do know that, you know, let's just hypothetically say, you know, you make you make 50 grand. She makes 20 grand, you know, um, and. How, how, how's that look? How's that work? Does she respond with, well, I mean, I mean, I figure you were paying cause you're the one that you, you're the one that wants to go out. And it's like, you could take that as fact and as gospel. And you could say, oh yeah, you know, I mean, you're right. I, um, wow, it's my fault. I, you're, you're right. I'm, I'm the one that offers to go out. And, uh, so yeah, I, I guess I didn't really look at it like that. You know, my bad. And she's just like, okay. So, you know, I mean, if you want to go out, cool. But, you know, I'm not, I, I appreciate it, but I'm not asking that we do. Okay. You just learned something there. You just learned that she expects for you to pay the bills of enjoyment that are in your relationship. She expects that. Now, that does not mean that is a bad thing. That just means it's something that you need to factor in to the person that you are considering entering a long-term relationship or marriage with. Because if you were, if your motivation um, was to pay for the meals because you felt it garnered you favor with her, possibly could lead to sleeping together and, you know, a nice night, you both loosening up a bit and feeling good after having some drinks or she 
you know, that she really loves eating out and she and you enjoy watching and seeing her happy, then that it's it's fine. It's just something that you need to really, really know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And think about how you feel now, knowing that she has no plans of reciprocating those feelings like she has no plans of considering oh you also like going out to eat and you like going out to eat with me but the end result does mean we as a couple have less money so I am okay with the less money coming out of your pot and pocket but the less money will not come out of my pot and pocket it will not happen and you bringing that up i'm notice what she didn't say she did not say anything like oh my like you know this has got to be pretty expensive though i mean what's today's bill oh well it's about 46 bucks you know it's not counting the drinks Jeez. okay well i mean that does seem pretty steep i mean i can't afford 46 bucks I can't afford that each time. And if you're paying that each time, how about we go to the liquor store, grab a bottle of wine and cook inside? How about we do that? Even if you still pay for everything, at least that'll save us probably half. We'll go and get a couple salmon fillets, get some veggies and have an $8 bottle of wine and have a great night for about 16 bucks. That's what she would say. And then you could say something like, wow, she understood, she empathized, and she suggested a change to a problem that she understood that I had or I was taking on or my wallet was taking on. And now she was going to try to help me skin the cat another way. We can still have our quality time. We can still eat some good food. But we don't have to spend this money because I see that the thing is the money that you're spending. If she were to say that, then you have a different sort of person that you're entering into a long term relationship or marriage with. And that's got to be really fun. So that person that looks at their watch and says, ah, I missed the walk time. So that's why you had an accident. That person is going to be the person that you may want to raise children with. Because they're likely going to say, oh, wait, 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 you're crying right now because I didn't put you down for your nap. Or you're crying right now because I didn't change you before I put you down for your nap. That was my fault. That's why you're crying. So let me be a problem solver. Or, oh my gosh, the baby's been crying all night. Well, why has the baby been crying all night? That other person that is that has been enabled and is not accountable at all, that person will likely say, well, geez, I've been, I don't know, how am I supposed to know why they're crying all day? It's just, it's like everything, this whole day's been a blur. This whole day's been a blur. I have children. I have several. Yeah, the days can become a blur, but it's how we respond to the days being a blur is what makes us different people. The day's a blur and it overwhelms you you seek no refuge from that frustration by setting up a schedule. You do not seek refuge from frustration by becoming more organized. 
you do not seek refuge from frustration by doing things that could solve the problem. You don't do that. So now you take the kid away, you take the dog away, you take everything away. And you're like, you are a person that blames people externally. You do not take steps to solve problems. You think that living in the now is always acceptable, which is why you don't save money. And then you look at that person that way. And that is what I should have done. I should have looked at my wife as exactly who she was, and I should not have married her trying to, well, I should not have married her not knowing this is exactly who she was, and I should have not married her without looking at how she handled basic situations, even situations we weren't in. I just should have looked at the fact that she was not a problem solver, she was not a critical thinker, She was a very emotionally sensitive feeling person that when confronted with hard facts that require difficult, tough love-ish sort of decisions and delaying gratitude and sacrifice, if I would have looked at her exactly, because she's always been this person. My wife has always been this person. I just chose not to look at it. And that was my fault. But now... That is the, I only look at people exactly as they are now. Now I see exactly who you are. And since this is who you are, and I know now this is never going to change. And if it does, I mean, great. But when you're talking, you're in your, you're you're, you're approaching your forties. You're not, it's very unlikely that this cement has not dried. I firmly believe that givers will find themselves with takers. Takers will find themselves with givers. If you are a taker, what the hell? You can't be with another taker. You guys are just gonna take from each other. Well, then there'll be nothing left pretty soon. That relationship won't last very long. A giver, it might be harder. It'll probably be successful. It could, it could be successful, a giver being with another giver because, well, there's things to give. You know, I give to you, but if, if there are any insecurities in the giver and the giver somehow gets validation from what they can give or provide, that could be a little bit difficult if the giver does that. Because then the giver is like, well, I'm giving to you because I want you to like me. Then there's a little bit of codependence and that relationship can get pretty ugly pretty quickly. Um, that's the giver. But if the giver is a healthy giver and it's just like, hey, you know, I'm here for you and they literally mean it, you know, oh, I'll help you get out of debt. And they're with another giver and it's just like, oh my gosh, you helped me get out of debt. Well, don't worry. I'll pay you back in spades. And the other giver just helps with the, uh, they, they come up with a plan because the other giver's like, yeah, I put myself in the situation. And the other giver's like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll put, you know, 200 bucks towards your debt. Like, really? If you do that, that'll get me, in addition to my, I, that'll allow me to go up to 250 and how about we just don't eat out for just like six months and I'll just do 250, you'll do 200. Like I'll be out of this debt in a year and and I'll just keep going with the 250 every month and that'll be the money that we save up and it'll and our next vacation will be on me. You help me get out of this debt, you know, I'll, I'll take care of that. The other giver will respond, wow, that'll be great. I'll still put my normal $100 a month aside for our vacation fund. So in addition to your 250 and my 100, you can pay for that uh, 
we, we both will be able to afford that really sexy trip to Bora Bora that we've been wanting to do, but we thought was too expensive. I say, after we pay off your debt and we save up all this money, we just do that as a big celebration for us. Two givers together, boom. So now all of a sudden, we've got a plan to pay off debt and we're going to Bora Bora in a year and a half. All because we just disciplined each other, disciplined ourselves and I gave to you and you gave to me. God damn, I wonder how life would be with a giver. I still want a divorce. Wow, that was the Divorce Diaries podcast. The Daily Saga will continue tomorrow. The full season's episodes are on Patreon now. Subscribe for early access. Click the Patreon link in the description. Hopefully these entries help our anonymous recorder as a form of his own personal therapy. That's his hope and his intention. Will these recordings of life's curveballs lead this family to the best resolution in the end? We'll keep listening. New episodes are released daily on all podcast players, but all episodes are available on Patreon at Divorce Diaries Podcast Patreon page. Until next time.